0: Hello, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to the Becoming the Big Me podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Burney, and together we will be stepping into our highest potential, exploring all things mind, body, and soul with just a smidge of business. You're a spiritual badass, soulpreneur, and a warrior for change. You're ready to expand your impact and leave your old self behind in order to raise your vibration so that you can positively influence your business, your community, and ultimately, the world. Without further ado, let's dive right into it. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Becoming the Big Me podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Bernie, and I am so excited, you guys. I have an amazing guest with me here today, Grace McLeod. Grace has such a powerful story of becoming. It is Grace's passion and purpose to share the wealth that has filled her life with others and to support people in also living in happiness, harmony, and deep fulfillment. From offering guided meditations for children, to officiating your wedding, and conducting blessing ceremonies for special events, to walking side-by-side with you to help in realigning with your center and life purpose for your personal and professional relationships, Grace is here. Grace, welcome to the show.
1: I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) I'm thrilled to be doing this with you, Jamila.
0: (laughs) Well, oh my goodness! So you guys, Grace and I have we have been kind of connected for um, a couple of months now, and we have been just wanting to do something together. So here we are. It's like you know what? Grace has so many amazing gifts, and I just am excited to see where this conversation goes and
1: what comes to be. Beautiful. So where should we begin?
0: Yeah, so I let's like dive back. I just want to hear a little bit about your kind of backstory. Where did you come from? What makes Grace, Grace?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the most honest answer is I came from outer space. So how about that for a beginning? <laughs> and I would say all of us that are in this genre of becoming, have our human story and then our awakening story. So I came in as a very ordinary middle-class middle child in a comfortable family in Toronto, Canada, and uh, quickly became a high, high, high achiever. I was the kid that was going to hold the family together by being good, and my brother and sister were crazy rebels. But I... Early on, I just I was overwhelmed all the time emotionally, and would get sent to my room because I was crying. And if that's how you're going to be, you go to your room and be banished. And I just couldn't get it together. I just and so um, just had this ability on the external to do all the right things and be the good girl and have the good grades, but internally it was just overwhelmed and unfortunately turned it against myself. So I'd cry myself to sleep, hating myself and hating that I was a little overweight and hating everything about myself, which is not an uncommon story. Mm -hmm. And um, knew that I wanted to do something in the helping professions. My mom was a nurse, my grandmother was a nurse, my dad wanted me to be a nurse, but something didn't feel quite right about that. And I ended up in social work school and I thought I wanted to do something to change the social system and like, I'm going to be important and I'm going to do something really big and I'm going to help save all the poor and all the suffering by being some big political or social change agent. But right at, at that point, my older brother was killed in a car accident and it just went boom, into all of my family's life. And it was a huge wake-up call and my whole sense of I'm in control and I know what I want with my life and I can make it happen through my will. It just shattered. And fortunately, my mom had gotten involved in yoga and meditation just six months before. So she was really shaken, but she started having my sister and I do meditation and yoga and it, it was absolutely a God-given grace because without it, I don't think any of us would have survived. And this whole world opened up of, you can breathe through this, it's okay, you can experience what you're experiencing, these are your emotions, this is your sensations. And it just, and as they were teaching me, I could feel it coming alive. Like, I know this, I, I, how do I know this? I know this. Mm-hmm. So it was like they were giving me back what I'd come in with, which was my big me. So that was the beginning and we can continue, but it was, it was like a lifeline. I felt like I'd been given a life jacket and a, the oxygen mask and I just took to it like a fish to water. I finished my degree, I started my career and within two years I quit and went and lived <laughs> at this yoga center um, because I just, I needed it. I needed the whole lifestyle and I became a teacher there and was quite famous and made tons of change but it was change from the inside out I learned to transform my suffering into peace and empowerment and all of these people came from all over the world and I got to teach and facilitate them and it was just heaven I loved it uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the beginning
0: Oh my goodness. I love that. And oh, just the, the, the power of re-remembering, right? Yes, like absolutely. There's, mm. uh, the, there's so often where I'll like, I'll hear something or, or someone will say something and it'll just trigger this like deep internal knowing it's like, oh uh, yes, that is true. Yes. And, and that's the power of tuning into and finding your own intuition and understanding that if you actually tune into that feeling and you lean into it and follow it, it's going to take you down a
1: path that you might not have expected. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is, is all those prompts were in there when I was young, and it was turning into emotional chaos. Mm. And it wasn't until I was with people that were further along on the path than I was, to say words and to provide context and framework and teaching and naming things that I went oh I'm an empath or oh your emotions are your soul talking to you I didn't know that (laughs) and then to teach me the actual practices that again even when I learned my core practice that I helped develop at my yoga center it was something I knew I had brought with me the minute I heard it I went I know this this is like something and that became this oh We might come in as tiny babies where we think we know nothing, but in fact, we've been probably here millions of times and we bring in our gifts and our body of wisdom. And so the waking up is reactivating all of that. And then we're here to be the next person in line to pass it on to the people that are coming up behind us or around us. And a lot of it had to do with being in the presence of people who had embodied their wisdom and their love, mostly. I'm a love bug and I was like, starved for presence and compassion and contained love that was grounded. And um, so that's what I went there for. Even though I learned all this great stuff, I was seeking conscious love and I found it at a very young age. And honestly, Jamila, if anybody asked me, what are you here for? I would say, To help every single soul on this planet rediscover what conscious love is and to know that we can have it internally, we can access it from our source, and we can be a presence of love in the world. And Mm. I think that is what we're all actually looking for. We may call it something different. And then from that, we bring forth whatever our gifts are.
0: Uh. Yes, I love that. And when we can come together in love with our gifts, it allows us to work together in community to, to help, um, to help the future generations, you know, to help our children. I know that one thing that you're very passionate about (laughs) is, is helping the kids, you know, and helping the future generations. So that's something that I'm very passionate about as well, but I've really kind of been awakening to how passionate I actually am about it over the past year. Um, and, and I just like, how can I, how can we help support the the younger generation and our children um, as they grow up to help them from getting blocked? Because oftentimes we just, you know, when we're born, we have all of this amazingness spurting out of us and and the world, you know, puts all of its limitations on us. How can we help support our kids?
1: Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing is, is um, I would say for many generations now, those of us that came from more awakened, I think we all came from awakened states. We all came from the collective field where it's all possible. And this is the planet of duality so far, but it has the hidden program of unity consciousness here as well. So many of us came as pattern breakers. Um, I was one of those decades and decades ago, and we struggled against the patriarch and the blocks and the numbing and the denial and the horrific traumatizing that's global and had to push our way through that hideousness to find our power and wake back up and reconnect. And then every generation that has come behind us, we get to pass on that chunk of healing. So the next generation, it's a little easier. So then you come along and you have a fairly conscious parent and you woke up really early and now you're a conscious parent. And so it's I observe that it's getting to be shorter time and it's less dense. And it's much easier to pass on the uh, consciousness that we're learning to hold here on earth. So for me, the greatest thing we can do as adults is to be grounded in our presence and our uh, embodied, I call it our soul, our spirit, our light, because children feel that. And Mm. if I always say this, that if, uh, if, well, if it would happen in conception and pregnancy, all the better. But when the newborn comes out and is placed in the arms of either the mother, or the father, or both, they feel your presence. It's it's they they're completely 1,000% intuitive and already still connected. So they're coming in on the frequency of oneness with a little body that's screaming at them and doesn't. They don't know how to operate yet, but they are fully tuned in multidimensionally and they're looking for. Okay, is there anybody here? Anybody here that's like me, like me? And if the mother's breathing and embodied and has her heart open and her emotions integrated and the father's holding the mother or better yet holding the baby, the baby goes, (gasps) and they take this huge breath and the soul comes into the body fully more, way more than it could. And it's instantaneous. It happens in the first gaze and they get the cue of how to do that from the parent who's done that work. So that's my ultimate mission is to help parents to be prepared so that when the child comes in, they bring in that connectedness and they don't have to go through the shock and trauma of having their soul disconnected, you know, through a traumatic birth or taking on the trauma of the generations or whatever we pass on to them. And it's still hard work. There's still the lessons that the baby has to learn about embodying and breathing and feeling sensations and then operating their mind and their little will and their personality and whatever lessons they came to learn. So as a parent, I've got to teach this little thing how to be little and be patient and do one, two, three ABC. But at the same time, you're great, you're magnificent, you're whole, (laughs) you're complete, you're you're God incarnate, come on, baby. And it (laughs) used to be that parents were all about no, 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 behave, behave. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, you have to be polite. You have to do this. And now parenting is about how much can I help you hold your wonderment and your power while I'm also teaching you how to function as a human being without shutting you down. So I think you know a little bit about that, Chamila, <laughs> both as a, as a child yourself and as a parent.
0: Yes. Yeah. One thing that I just want to touch on and just point out for you guys listening again, and I know that I stress this point a lot, but it's just this important. You taking care of you is yeah. one of the best things that you can do for everybody else too. So you taking the time, you taking the time, even if you're a parent, I know, I know as, as parents, you know, our kids, they need us all the time and it can be so easy to become totally consumed in that. But you taking that time, setting those boundaries for yourself to take care of you is one of the most selfless acts of love that
1: you can provide for your family. Absolutely. And without it, as much as you think you're doing and giving to your child, they will scream in some way, where are you? Where are you? I need your presence. I need to feel you in your body. I need to feel you feeling your feelings. I need to feel your authenticity. I need to feel your boundaries. So I know what a boundary is. And the easiest thing, and we just don't have this as a culture very well yet, but especially moms when they're with them and the symbiotic cord is so intense and the little ones are mommy, 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 daddy, 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 to just pick the child up and say, come on over here, baby. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to stretch and you come too. And you breathe too. And you don't have to push the child away. It's like, mommy's gonna lay over here and I'm gonna cry for a little while, cause I'm tired. It's okay for baby to come. What are you doing mommy? I'm crying, I'm feeling distressed. It's okay, baby, you can come and see this. It's not something I have to hide from you. And I think we have this idea that, you know, mommy has to be perfect mommy, so baby will feel safe. And mm-hmm. baby doesn't ever need to see mommy and daddy's mess. I think if it's done consciously, and with intention that mommy's okay. She's contained. She's all right with her mess. It's okay for baby to feel and see mommy's mess. (laughs) Um, We can do this together. And I can even be irritated with baby. It's like mommy's mad right now or mommy's irritated. I'll handle it. You don't have to handle it for me. I'll get over it. You watch me and I'll teach you how to handle it when you're angry and when you're distressed. So Mm. that's what I'm wishing for Jamila that, that parents would prepare to do that work. I mean, I used to have a, a joke with a fellow therapist friend of mine that <laughs> we were gonna put um, uh, birth control in the water and not allowed people have babies until they'd done their conscious work. <laughs> so
0: well, it's, it's
1: quite often the parents that need the help. And that's why most of my work has been focused on wounded children inside adult bodies because they need to heal and grow and find what you were saying, their own self-care before they have kids but we're not doing it perfectly yet
0: uh yeah that's something that i try to be you know very conscious about with my daughter because that was something that i didn't get to experience growing up. Right. I never experienced yeah. adults expressing their emotions in a healthy way. Exactly. Um, you know, emotions were either, you know, they were a bad thing, or right. if when they did come out because they were so suppressed, when they came out, you know, they were expanded. Um so I didn't really witness like I didn't understand oh gosh, I still am figuring out my emotions but I just, I never understood them. And so that's been something that I've been, trying you know my best to do you know, with my daughter is to Absolutely. when things happen like when I am sad or something happens like telling her like hey I'm feeling this way because of x y and z or hey I actually um you know I just went and talked to someone in the library about getting one of my kids books uh, in the library and I got very nervous you know I got right. butterflies and I got very nervous and so I talked to you know I talked to my daughter about that and she was like well why would you be nervous and I was like oh you know you know realistically there's not a huge reason to be but it's just you know sometimes you get those feelings and I just kind of like walked her through like how I was feeling with that because that's something that she feels a lot you know when she goes to meet new friends or talk to new people she feels nervous and uh, I just love that you touched on that because we have to we ha- our, our kids learn by observing, they learn by watching Absolutely. us and how we are expressing and showing them is how they're going to uh, as well.
1: You know, coming in as an empath, which I certainly had no clue of, when I learned that emotions are actually the way that our soul speaks to us and they each have a message and that became like my first PhD degree because I I needed it so desperately because I was highly, highly empathic and intuitive and even psychic. And when people gave me language, well, you know, yes, you have your brain and your thinking and you even have your sensations in your body and you have a will and an ego, but all these invisible things that are all about, I mean, this is one of the planets where we actually do have emotions and we do have sensations. So we're supposed to know how to operate those things. And yet we have this spiritual power, which is intuition and psychic awareness and the emotions speaking for the soul. So that's been my, I think that was my first true passion in life. I wanna teach the world emotional intelligence and emotional empowerment. And I started with people my own age because we were all so messed up and our self-esteem was just <laughs> horrible. <laughs> and, and then gradually I thought, oh, okay, so leaders need this because they're shaming and blaming their employees and there's all sorts of emotional suppression. And then parents and couples need this. And then it was like, oh, God, the kids. And I saw, him, like you, with my parents, I was being shamed and, you know, emotionally denied. And yet I knew everybody's feelings and I knew what was going on. And so to me, it's one of the greatest empowerments we can both claim for ourselves, and then to pass that on to our children. That's the legacy they're looking for. And, and I don't know, I think you probably see this. I see that the children that are coming in now are on this massive spectrum of tremendous energy and some come in so empowered and so aware and they've already done the developmental work in their karmic evolution that they don't need to wake back up they come in awake and they're like move over mommy and daddy i'm ready i had to rule the world in my diapers and parents are like okay here we go i better learn a lot to guide you and then there's the ones that come in and they've contracted to Express everything that's broken with our world. So environmental sensitivity, autism, horrific chemical sensitivities, and they're screening bloody murder, and they're saying change, change the whole goddamn thing because I can't. I'm too sensitive. I'm. I came in with a system that can't bear this system, and it's ours. It's ours to change the education system and the everything, so these kids can can function. So, to be a parent these days, I say, God bless you. You need all the help you could possibly get because it's a big job. Mm. Because I truly know, I've been guided for I think probably now 20 years, that this is the time when, like, I've been doing this now for most of my life, five decades. And it was like, just wait, just wait, you'll see. They'll come in and the little ones will be leading the world. And so whenever I see little kids either empowered or working with their parents, I've seen kids with tantrums out on the street, outside a restaurant, and the dad or the mom are sitting on the pavement with the little kid just holding them while they have their tantrum. I'm like, no, my and dad, <laughs> yes. And it gives me such hope that we're getting there, you know, that conscious parenting and these little bright lights that are coming in now. It thrills me. So anything I can do to help is, is really exciting to me.
0: Mm, I definitely see it with my daughter like I she's one of my big I mean she's just my greatest (laughs) learning (laughs) tool in so (laughs) many ways yes yes and just shows me you know our children are just such amazing mirrors and reflections for ourselves as parents uh to to understand our own behavior
1: (laughs) absolutely And, you know, one of the other areas that I'm deeply passionate about, again, I don't know how to explain it, but I came in with this body of wisdom about relationship, conscious relating. And when I moved to my yoga center, we were a community. We started as 50, we grew to 100, we ended up at 360. And um, we worked in, we ran a business, we ran a multi-million dollar holistic health and yoga center. So I was in all these management positions. And then I was a Uh, uh, department head and had all these staff members, but I was being coached the whole time on self-awareness. My first mentor, she said, you know, you're really judgmental. And I said, what? She said, every time you're talking, you're putting someone down. I said, what? I am? And she said, yeah, you don't even know that. I was like, no. And she taught me to be self aware about all this unconscious stuff, and it was all my critical stuff against myself that I was projecting out onto others and That was just the beginning and She taught me the skills of conscious listening and uh, self awareness so I know where my triggers are and what's going on on the inside, and then how to take responsibility for my feelings instead of venting and blaming and hey, you know what when you did that the other day in our meeting, I felt really interrupted or shut down and and empath, empathy, when you offer empathy in response to someone instead of invalidation, instead of, well, wait a minute, I didn't see it that way. I don't think it's that way. I'm just like, I'm a crazy person when I watch how, especially couples, <laughs> but anybody, mm-hmm. whether it's parents or teachers or leaders, talk to each other. I'm like, oh my God, how are we ever going to heal the world if this is what people think communication is? So. that's one of my other missions is to teach people conscious communication and conscious relating and I'm doing these weddings I'm officiating weddings so I as often as I can I say would you do a little short mini series of conscious relating so that when you get to the altar you have these tools because the Mm -hmm. ceremonies a day the marriage is meant to last your whole life and I just, I think, good luck, folks. You're going to move in together with all your unconscious mm-hmm. stuff triggering each other. It's like, how's that supposed to work? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> do,
0: you, do you have any little uh, tips for conscious communication yeah. for people? Yeah.
1: So my, my the foundation of my work is learn how to have a relationship with yourself. You have to have that. And that starts with just knowing what a healthy ego is how to know, you know, how to relate to yourself from at least a neutral, if not an appreciative way. And this function we have, this ability to observe, they call it the pineal gland, where we watch ourselves. And usually that triggers the judging mind. And instead we say, hey, yo, judging mind, come over here and let's just watch Jamila. And let's go inside with our little spotlight and scan through and let's see what Jamila is feeling right now. let's see what the little negative voices are saying and let's see if she's got some triggers in her gut and in her shoulder and let's learn to breathe through all of that and be in conscious relationship means accept it breathe with it allow it and wait until it resolves so that the fight inside has a chance to have its turn and jamila the witness is going, oh my goodness, I had no idea I had all that going on. And Mm -hmm. now I'm more resolved because I've attended to myself. And that watcher function is actually the representative of our high self, our soul self, our grand spirit. And when that's there, it offers compassion first. And it says, I got you. Don't worry about your little ego. It's just gonna fight and fight or run away. I got you, we can stay, we can work this all out, we can sort it through. And when you're settled, I, meaning your greater self, your spirit, your soul can land inside this body, mind and into your emotions and into your heart and ka chunk, there's the conscious Jamila. Now you're ready to go talk to your other, whether it's a child, a a partner, a friend, a, a neighbor, a colleague because you know thyself and you've taken care of your relationship inside. So this is my mission is to teach people how to do that inner work. So when I work with couples or parents and children, I say, okay, you over here, we're gonna do an individual session with you. Then I'm gonna come over here and do an individual session with you. Each of you are gonna go down and in and sort out what's going on in there and even breathe and resolve some of it. Then you're gonna come together. And then I'm going to teach you how to communicate consciously. So I'll stop for a moment because that was a lot. And then I'll teach you what you asked me, which is how do you consciously communicate? (laughs) But I say, do that inner work first.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it just comes back to, again, spending that time on yourself, like in every Um, aspect
1: of your life. There's no getting away from it. You (laughs) You you, can't.
2: You You can't.
1: And isn't that what we came for? I mean, the whole journey here, as far as I can tell, the point was, we're already whole, we're already complete, we're floating around out there in the cosmos, floating on our clouds and loving everybody and being connected. And we come down here and we choose a planet where, at least now, it's split, it's it's in duality and we're not all that connected to our source. So it's like we're walking around with a bag over our head and the point is, is that we wake up and we discover who are you really and what are you here for those are the two mandates for everybody that's on the planet and that is a journey that's becoming the big me and you need skills and practices you need to do it every single day and you get to know thyself know what your soul is know what your purpose is and know where your quirks are and your shadow and your wounds and all. I mean it's a project man yeah. and we don't we hardly <laughs> teach this in school and then we go, but I want the love of that person and I want them to love me. And I want us to have happy ever after. And I want to have children. And we're like, yo, have you even done your homework yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the point is to become an awakened person and we've got it all wrong. We're all searching for what we think we need with others. And this is a relational planet. So we're wired to want to be in connection and community. But if you don't know how to give it to yourself, it doesn't go well. And you know that.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, we have to, you have to spend that time to get to know yourself. I mean, for me, I literally spent, gosh, like, almost a year like completely by myself not 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 including this past year but Mm -hmm. but at the beginning of my spiritual awakening I went through a a dark night of the soul just like total internal journey and I had to, I had to go through that. I had to get to know myself. I had to understand those shadows, those parts of myself that I didn't want to face. You know, I've had a really crazy, you know, life in the short 26 years I've been on this planet. And there's a lot that you know, from my earlier years, barely before I had my daughter um, that I just didn't want to remember. I just didn't exactly. want to know. And I just didn't want to associate that that was even me or any part of my life. And so I had to go through facing um, that. And I still do. It's a journey. It's a process. There's stuff. It's, it's like, there's layers to it. Like there's new stuff that comes up every day. I'm like, Oh,
1: great. There's that. I'd love to address that for a moment, Jamila. That is actually what's chronic. That um, in order to wake up, in order to face what isn't working in our life, we need to feel safe. And we tell people all the time, get your shit together, go face your stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if people don't know how you actually create safety, emotional, Mm -hmm. psychological, psychic safety, they can't. The ego will not let you do it because its job is to keep you alive. That's its only job is to keep you out of the running train and away from the thing that's going to eat you. And it's fierce because it's loyal to your life surviving. Uh, And it's ancient. So it will be in control. So the work that I do, which I absolutely love, you know, I've always, since I left my community, I've worked out of my home because my home is my temple and it's where Mm -hmm. I create safety for myself. And one of the sweetest things I love is having people come in in my lovely little cozy chair and I tuck them in and we light the candle and we have the incense on and the soft music. And I can actually feel them going, oh, this kind of feels like a safe place. Mm-hmm. And it's all intentional. And then my presence is there and I'm holding space and I'm breathing and I'm safe. I've faced the demons from hell a thousand times over and I none of it scares me anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and then I teach them how to shift from their defended ego into this observer, into this presence that's actually our benevolent higher self. And the very first thing we do is we bring that in and we notice, oh, there's a second me and it's just watching me and it's not Mm -hmm. judgmental. It's not gonna attack me. It's not gonna hurt me. And you can feel the nervous system starting to come down out of hypervigilance and protection. And then we start just super simple. Let's notice a sensation. Can you feel your hand on your lap? Can you feel your breath moving in and out of your body? And people don't know how to create physiological, emotional, psychological safety for themselves. So uh, the first sessions are always profound for people because they come in all wound up and like you avoiding, I don't wanna know that stuff, it's too scary, to I can sit in a chair, I can deeply relax, I can feel soft for maybe the first time, and I can actually feel some ease And wow, I didn't even know I had this available to me. Then we can go looking for the boogeyman and the (laughs) scary stuff. But the thing people need first is you're safe. You're safe. I've got you. Something bigger than your fear has got you. We've got you. And then the second message I give is everything is digestible. My grand guru taught me this. It changed my life. That we are designed to resolve everything from the darkest of the dark to the lightest of the light. Our life force knows how to ride that wave. And if we keep breathing and keep creating safety and keep staying with it, it will resolve. And that is what makes us the most safe. Oh. I'm not going to die if I face my trauma. I'm not going to die if I remember that thing. I'm not going to die if I cry for an hour. And that's the second safety. So clearly you learned that stuff or you wouldn't have been able to look in your Pandora's box.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a journey. It's, yeah. it's, it's. I'm always learning it
1: (laughs) again and again and again. And it doesn't matter how many decades it's like, oops, I stopped (laughs) breathing. Oops, I'm avoiding. Oops, I projected that out on you again. Oops. (laughs) So it's always there, whether it's in our relationships, in our not ability to sleep in our, you know, anxiety, there's always this signal. Oops, you're not connected to yourself. Oops, you're pushing something away. And my, I had to do this because I'm so sensitive I just, I don't know when I did it, I I just made a vow with myself that if I was distressed in any way, and my heart is always my trigger thing, it's not, well, I don't know if it's physical or it's energetic, but I get this ache in my heart chakra where I can't even breathe. And it's like, if I ever feel that, or I get a stitch in my stomach, I just, okay, stop, stop the train, whatever it is I'm doing. And I go and I take care of it and I use my core practice. I call it touch of grace and it's breathing and relaxing and just what I described. And I handle it because to walk around unintegrated, I'm not gonna be any use to anyone else. I'm gonna act out, I'm gonna hurt myself in some way. So I'm fierce about it and I want that for everybody. And they're like, man, you're so dedicated grace. And I'm like, yeah, because I'd rather feel peaceful and empowered and aligned and connected to my center and guided from intuition, then that chronic thing over there, Mm. that's just a mess. So uh, that's what I, and I, my thing is, is if I can teach you the practices and set you free from me, that's my mission. I don't, you know, and then you've got it for life. And Mm. I, I just, I could have one thing. I would have people having some kind of practice that they use over and over again during the day to what I call state shift from the triggered state, the disconnected state, back into their resolved embodied light self.
0: Because that's that's
1: who we want on our planet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's just choosing, you know, intentionally choosing how you want to move throughout the the world and through the planet.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, but I'm sure you know this, but I would, I, I came in as this very woeful Leo who was really smart and could move things really fast with my will. But it turned out my path was, uh, 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 uh. you actually came in with an agreement to co-create with what I call God. And not everybody loves that word, but for me, it's my most beautiful word and to learn to do that through the path of surrender and letting go. So want it with your whole heart and being and learn to give it over to your higher self and mm-hmm. allow it to come to you. It's just a mandate in my life for whatever reason. I, I think it's because I wanted to learn not to will my life. So I I can't make things happen. I, Banging on doors and, and <laughs> shaking. My mother told me I used to shake the, the thing, the rails of my crib when I was a baby because I didn't even want to go down for a nap. And my whole spiritual path has been let go, let go, let go, go inside, do your inner work, do the ranting and raving and the heartbreaking tears over what you think you can't have. Let it go, want it with all your heart, give it over and do your inner work and resolve and come to your center and i can't tell you the number of times i get up from that practice and the phone will ring i'll meet you on facebook Mm -hmm. somebody will bump into me i'll get an inner guidance you know move to hawaii and it's instantaneous and it's so profound it's like oh i guess this is working and then other times I get up and I don't get that guidance, but I can feel, ah, oh, I'm back in my center. I know I need to go for a walk or I know I need to drink water or I know I need to just do the next thing. And without mm. that inner guidance and that inner connection, I don't know how people function. It just, because it works so well is I guess what I want to say. It's yeah. kind of like, like magic. Things manifest it's, when I uh... use that co-creative <laughs> mechanism
0: it's so crazy that you bring that up because I'm kind of in the midst of that right now. I can't give the details publicly, but, but there, I, there's been something that I have been dreaming and wishing and desiring for, (laughs) for so long to Uh to happen. And right now it's like, it's kind of happening. Um, it doesn't look at all like,
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. It does not look a little bit like I thought, but but I also didn't think that it would happen so soon, or it, you know, I just had no idea, and now here it's it's flaming. It's, like, it's coming, <laughs> and and and, it, and and that's and it's because that's a desire that I have had for a long time, but I was not. Um, attached. I wasn't like holding on. I wasn't like every day, like, when is this going to be delivered to me? Like I, I was like, yes, this is something that I know that I want and it will come when it comes. And And it wasn't something I was working towards, you know, every single day or like stressing about. And, and it's just so crazy because that's just exactly what you're talking about is that co-creative process when you define, you know, what it is that you need and you kind of surrender and allow, uh, you know, universe or God or source or whatever you want to call it to, Mm -hmm. to, to be on your side, to help give you that little boost along the way.
1: (laughs) And that's, uh, you know, the core pieces of my practice are the relationship with self and all that inner transmutation that I talked about, then learning to really listen for what is my purpose so that I have that as my inner compass. And many people think that means, oh, I'm here to build a school for poor children, or I'm here, like, I thought I was going to change the criminal justice system because we threw away all our lost souls. And now I, I do save souls, but I, it's by teaching them how to so-called save themselves. But And then the th- third ring is relationship with others, conscious relationship. And the th- fourth one is uh co-creation manifestation by intention. And it's very popular now. And the key that I find is daring to feel what is this profound heart's desire that just won't leave me alone. And it's just like, it sounds crazy, but I just can't seem to let this go. And then daring to be willing to be shown how that wants to come into your life because it's usually 100% different than what you think. Mm -hmm. For example, I wanted to be married when I was three years old. I had a doll, a bride doll. I had no other dolls. I had a bride doll. I walked that bride doll up the aisle 10 million (laughs) thousand times. I fell in love every year with some new guy, even when I was a celibate nun at the ashram. None of it would work. I was down on my hands and knees a million times. Like, why, why can't I have this? let go, let go. And one of the chapters is I experienced an inner marriage with the divine. And it's been the most profound experience of my life that this love came to me that said, you are my beloved, I will provide for you and adore you all the days of your life. And it was spirit, it was source. I was like, okay, I didn't think that's the way it was going to (laughs) happen. So it comes in very, very different ways. And one of the things that I wanted to name that I think you're probably doing, whether you know it or not, is that the way we co-create is those first pieces, want it, hand it over, and then walk around as if it has already occurred. Feel inside, if I could snap my fingers, one, two, three, boom, it happened, how do you feel? I feel joyous, I feel fulfilled, I feel delighted, I'm so happy, so walk around feeling those feelings now and say thank you, because when we do that, we dissolve the time-space continuum And we begin living in the manifestation of it before it's even come. And that's our ultimate freedom. If you can create for yourself, the feelings of having the thing that you say you want, ironically, you don't even need the thing. And that's Mm -hmm. what happened with me. I ended up with an inner experience that left me not needing an outer relationship. I still Ironically, still want one because I love conscious relationship, but I don't need it. And I wouldn't take it if it wasn't a match for who I am. So that's my main thing is see if you can walk around. Well, what would it feel like if you had that thing? Wouldn't you feel happy and great already? And go ahead and feel that way today and watch what comes to you. So clearly you're, you're doing that on some level, Jamila, if it's just coming right up out of you know nowhere without you and also being detached. That's a really big deal. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's some, that's, that's a big thing that I like to do. I like to set myself up, um, to be able to act as if certain things in many different scenarios. One of the reasons why I, you know, I clean my kitchen at night and, and stuff like that is so that when I wake up in the morning, it's clean and it, and and it's nice. And, and then that's because, you know, um, that's me embodying the higher version of myself where exactly. where I have all of these things provided for me and 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 and, and for me like doing those little things like yeah. just those little things like cleaning up and you know scrubbing my floor is setting me up to be able to act as if I, I love doing that. I have loved, I like to gamify uh, my life in in little ways like that, so I can set myself up to scenarios where I can fully embody it. Like my gym um, has like a, a sauna and steam room and everything in there, and every time I go in there, I just totally visualize that. You know, this is on my, you know, in my home and on my property, and um, and I just. I get to experience it. I actually am feeling, you know, I'm feeling yeah. the steam sitting inside and visualizing it. I, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and it's, it's actually the science. It's the metaphysical science that we attract what we're vibrating at. So if you're vibrating at, I love the feeling of my clean kitchen. I love the feeling of walking into my kitchen in the, ne- in the next morning and it's clean and available to nurture me and my daughter. How lovely is that? And then you feel lovely and you feel clean and you feel bright. And then everything that's clean and lovely and bright comes to you. And when you're nurturing yourself in your gym and your sauna, it's like, wow, it feels so good to work out. It feels so good to sweat. Oh, so I get to have feel good experiences that are a match for this. And I think people don't quite comprehend that when they're walking around all day, critical to themselves or judging others or just anxious and worried. And they wonder why their life feels crappy it's because you're a magnet, unfortunately. Mm. So like you said, do the inner work, yes. and <laughs> shift, shift the inside and watch what happens on the outside.
0: Yeah. And not only are you a magnet, but also your, your just perception of the same situation yes. is going to be so different. You
1: Absolutely. know, if, if,
0: if I'm in a bad mood and my daughter says something to me, you know, in a certain way, I'm going to perceive it in a totally different yes. way than if she says it, you know, when I'm in a good mood, even if she exactly. says it to me super
1: snotty when I'm in a good mood. Right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. The other thing I want to name that you just said is that um, having ritual I I am such a ceremonial priestess. I don't know. I'm sure I have memories of having been a priestess in temples many, many times over. But the tiny little things, whether there's mundane, as cleaning your kitchen and washing your floor, or I have an altar in every room, and it's as simple as a candle and different sacred objects I've found in nature, like heart rocks and an eagle feather and flowers and Just doing simple little things like lighting a candle and going, there I am, there's the light within me, there's the light of the world, and taking the time to do that or, um, you know, going and picking flowers and bringing them in or um, I am a big proponent of writing something down that I intend to manifest so I have all sorts of little five by uh, three by five cards. And I have colored pens and I draw in my little grade two drawing the visual of what it is that I'm calling in and they always go on my altar and and then I just I wave my ego feather and give thanks and bless it all and the art of blessing I don't know if people even know what a blessing is but it's the invocation of the benediction of the divine which is a big language but it's like here's my little humble human life here's what I'm calling in, I give thanks for this, and then I ask that providence bless it as well and give me all that I need for this to be fulfilled, and poof, and then I get on with my day. And then it's amazing to see that that brings harmony, it brings peace, and it will bring things in. in And I love to be delighted and surprised by life, so when I do all that and then forget about it, and then I bump into somebody at the grocery store and they say, oh, we're getting married. Can you be our wedding official? Oh, I'm like, bingo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's like that kind of synchronistic way of living. Is it, I love that. Mm.
0: Yeah, me and my daughter, uh, we have just started working on a farm in the morning um, for a couple of hours. Hmm. Yeah, so we've been starting every morning, you know, we've been waking up early, which has been a little bit of an adjustment for her, Uh Um, but uh, working on the farm for uh, two hours in the morning before we start our day. And it's just incredible how much of a change it has had in both of us just Hmm. As we, you know, starting our day, just connecting with nature, just being yeah. able to kind of go Absolutely. in order and be one with ourselves and then going out into the world and, you know, it's tackling beautiful. whatever needs to happen that day. Uh, but yeah. I just, you know, oftentimes we feel like we just don't have time. We don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm too mm-hmm. busy. and. What, what I tell people is when you find yourself saying, I don't have time to spend a little time for myself, that means you need to spend an entire day by exactly. yourself.
1: <laughs> exactly. When I worked, I did a lot of executive coaching and I still do some, um, and they would be the proponents of that. It's like, I can't, I can't, my schedule. Blah. I'd say, okay, can you feel yourself on the hamster wheel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd say, watch this. And I'd energetically put a little wedge of wood in the hamster wheel and they'd go and go smash against <laughs> the wall. I say, now stay there and take a breath. And sometimes people need to be pushed. And unfortunately, they create illnesses or car accidents or disruptions in their finances to make them stop. So if you can do something simple like just sit down. I, I took care of this little girl for seven years and it was just a delight, but her and her dad are like hypergo, 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 and they're lovely, wonderful, brilliant, loving people, but they never stop. And we'd get home from whatever we were doing, and I'd sit down on the couch and I'd say, Come on over here. What are we doing, Grace? What are we doing, Grace? And I'd say, This is called sitting down and, <laughs> and staring off. What's that for, Grace? And I'd say, How about you come over here and try it? And literally, she didn't feel comfortable just sitting and breathing. I thought, You're seven years old, and you're already uncomfortable with sitting still and just having a no thing moment. So you're right, anything we can do to just slow down and take a moment and give ourselves that, first of all, empty space and a breath, because that's where the self-awareness comes in. You can't know yourself if you're not gonna slow down and pay attention. And it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be a great big, I used to do retreats and five day retreats and 10 day retreats and even 30 day retreats. And that's delicious. If you can pull yourself out of your life and give yourself a fully supported circumstance, but you can just sit down or you can go for a walk and just turn, turn the yak off in your brain and, and doing something with nature. I think that going to the farm is fantastic for you and your daughter, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: I need it. I need to get outside. I need to touch the earth. I need yeah. to, you know, f- just feel, feel life force. <laughs> yes, <exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Grace, what an amazing conversation this yeah. has been. I can't believe it's already been an hour. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> but oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So Grace, I know that there are going to be people listening who are going to want to hear more about you and and your offerings. Where can people find you?
1: The main place, I have a very, very simple, old-fashioned website that I built myself, and it's just my name. It's www.gracemcleod.com, and McLeod is spelled M-A-C-L-E-O-D, i've just chosen to put it all on there so i have all about me i have my counseling practice i have my relationship coaching my leadership coaching my weddings and blessing ceremonies so that's the easiest place i also have two facebook pages one's graceful living coaching classes and retreats the other one is graceful weddings and blessing ceremonies and i finally got onto instagram and it's just i mostly have my wedding stuff there it's called officiant grace I have a LinkedIn page. It's the same. It's Grace McLeod, I think. Yeah, that's my name. So I'm kind of all over the place. I even have a YouTube channel. It's Ooh. very, it's very <laughs> whole, homemade. But when I get inspired, I make little YouTube videos, and it's Grace Mac Eight. Um, awesome yeah so this is
0: my guys I will all as always I will put all of Grace's links in the description down below so if you didn't catch it don't worry just scroll on down and I will have her links down there for you as well
1: you know Jamila this is what I was uh, asking for and this is on my altar that I have a legacy of 40 years of all of this stuff and I want to give it I want to share it I've For some reason, my path has been, I thought I was gonna have this massive big practice and be like a Deepak Chopra or an Oprah Winfrey or somebody and that's not what was asked of me. It was to be more quiet and to do work on the inner planes and work with a select few. But now I'm free and I'm finished all my assignments and I just wanna reach as many people as I can. So I'm so grateful you came into my life because this you're a master at this, and I'm not. And I'm just so so grateful that you've had me on today, and that, that hopefully we'll reach a few more people.
0: Mm, I love that. And Grace, I, I have you have been one of one of the people that has really helped me in my discovery of of my purpose which is truly to be the bridge for yes. you know beings of light uh, such as yourself who have been doing this work and who have been serving our planet and the community their entire lives and and for me helping to bridge the gap to with the
1: technology gap and
0: helping yes. them to get their message yes. out there because <laughs> you have that and i don't and when i found
1: you i was like oh my god i prayed this young woman into my life and i was like hallelujah because <laughs> I've been so grateful to know you and have your expertise and your passion to mm-hmm. help.
0: Oh gosh. It's such a, such an amazing, amazing conversation. Grace, Thank if you. you had one, one little nugget that you could leave with our audience today, what would that
1: be? I would say do either do one thing for yourself that helps you feel connected to your source. And by your source, I mean presence, peace, love, inspiration, safety. That to me is the medicine that we're all starved for. And it changes everything when we plug back into that or become aware of it. So there's some people that are fairly sophisticated and know what that means. And I'd say, do that. Do that the minute you wake up in the morning, a hundred times during the day, and the last thing before you go to bed, it will change your whole trajectory. And for people that don't know how to do that, get help, because there's nothing that will change your life more than knowing how to be connected to that source of everything that you're craving. And you feel safe, and you feel loved, and then you'll feel inspired, and you'll feel connected to your own inner guidance and your purpose, and life can start to feel wonderful.
0: Mm. you guys heard it right here on the becoming the <laughs> big me podcast thank you so much grace for spending thank this you. time with
1: us today oh i feel fantastic right now thank you jamila you're such a blessing
2: mm. thank you for tuning into today's episode of the becoming the big me podcast if you found value in today's episode make sure to leave us a review and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message that's how our podcast grows are you curious about learning more about harnessing the power of your subconscious mind then join the free rewire challenge where we dive deep into the subconscious mind how it works and give you some tangible action steps to begin rewiring it to serve you go to bit.ly slash rewire challenge that's bit.ly slash rewire challenge until next time i'm your host jamila bernie Signing out.